0: Welcome to the Stiano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon J.J. Stiano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. Hello. We are live, and it is the wrong day. I'm aware of that. It's Wednesday today. How's my tie looking? Oh, this is weird because it's reversed. Um, oh, doing it in the mirror. Shouldn't I it worse? Um, We are live, and oh, that's weird. It's reversed. Couldn't move it that way. It's uh, Wednesday, so sorry about not doing it yesterday, but it's, it's Wednesday today, so uh, 25 hours late. But here I am, and we've got some questions here, and as ever, if you have any questions, please feel free to post those questions, and I will do my best to answer them. Um, but we've got a kickoff here because we've got keloid uh, scarring question about aftercare. Oh, I've got to speak up, actually. That was a comment last time. I'm going to speak up. Okay. Speak up. Um, aftercare. For keloid scarring. Keloid scarring is raised, lumpy scarring. Uh, it occurs in certain individuals, certain skin types. So in Afro-Caribbean skin types, it's at a higher risk. Certain locations of the body are at a higher risk, which is your shoulders, your sternum, your chest, your ear lobes this is a classic. Uh, and this patient has got one on her earlobe from a piercing. Um, Now, the treatment that we're talking about here, these are only small keloids. So I'm um, just proposing to do what's called steroid injections, which is injections straight into the scar, which you can do when they're small. Um, You might need to do other things when they're larger. So uh, steroid injections uh, can be effective for um, keloid scars. And the aftercare, well, there isn't much aftercare, to be honest with you. You have an injection of steroid. We do it here in the clinic. Um, sometimes I might put a tiny little plaster on there because there's a, a pinprick, but you don't really need any particular um, aftercare. And then I see you six weeks later and do another injection. And um, usually do a course of three and then leave it for a couple of months um, before doing any more. So, but you don't need anything in between. So, um, yeah, there's no real particular aftercare needed for keloid scar treatment. Um, I'm not sure where that question is going, whether they were thinking there was something else, because one thing in the back of my mind, you can do things like use pressure clips for keloids, especially on the earlobe, because you can get pressure is helpful for keloid scars, and uh, you can get custom-made clips. So that is something that can be done, which is a sort of different thing, if you like. The maxillofacial laboratory usually make that at the QE, uh, and they make a custom impression of the, of the earlobe, and they make a clip with which you then tighten up. Um, so that's a different way of treating keloids. You can do it as well as doing steroid injections. But um, I'm not sure if they were thinking about that. But, but the care for inject keloid scar injections, is, there isn't really much needed. Um, you don't do anything between injections. How do you tell the difference between a large spot and a cyst? Mm, right. I didn't put that in my question list, did I? Okay, that's the question that I've got here. Um, mm, well... Uh, a cyst is a subcutaneous lesion, so a cyst is not a problem with the skin. The skin, when you have a cyst, is usually normal, looks normal, and the cyst itself is is underneath the skin. Sometimes you get a little hole in the skin called a punctum, the, the sort of entrance to the cyst. Uh, whereas a spot would be a red thing in the skin. <laughs> um, you, an infected cyst can look like a spot, but you wouldn't treat an infected cyst, or you, at least you wouldn't excise an infected cyst. You would um, leave it to settle or maybe treat it with antibiotics if it was really bad. Uh, so an infected cyst might look like a spot, but you'd want it to calm down and for, for it to settle before you excised it. And then once it's calmed down and settled, you should be able to tell the difference between a spot and a cyst because a spot is a skin lesion. The skin will look abnormal, whereas a cyst is a subcutaneous lesion. It's a lump underneath the skin. That's hard why, this is a good one, why is histology important when you can tell if you should be worried about a mole, so this is a good one, because often I'll say to people, look that mole looks benign, it's nothing to worry about, you can leave it if you want, but if you don't like the look of it, you can have it removed, and then I say to people, well should we send it off histology, really if it's a mole, you really should send it off histology to be sure, so they look it under a microscope, so you might say to me, if you're saying that it looks benign and you can leave it alone, you don't have to have it removed. If you do remove it, why send it for histology if you're saying to me it looks benign? So I can understand that that thinking. I'm not sure if I have verbalized it very well, but I can understand that thinking. Um, and the answer to the question is twofold. Number one is to be absolutely sure, because I always say it looks fine but if you don't have it removed i'll say keep an eye on it if it changes you know get in touch because you can never be 100 percent sure by looking at it although you can for certain types of moles you you can like intradermal nevi which are raised things often have hair growing out of them you can be pretty confident that they're benign uh but that's one thing that you always say "Mm, um it looks fine but to be absolutely sure you can look at it under a microscope having said that for ones which do look quite benign i often don't insist on histology for something for skin tags or these intradermal nevi which are quite common raised things that men have when they catch when they shave or, or women don't like if they've got hair growth from other things men don't like them either if they've got hair growth from them but these ones that often when they look quite benign i will be happily to say to you you don't need to have it, send it for histology but the other reason, first of all, by being absolutely sure by looking at histology, the other reason for doing it, sending it for histology is that if years down the line you come back and there's a, you have a skin cancer, and sometimes skin cancer presents as a secondary, which means a lymph node in your armpit or your groin or your neck, or a lymph node somewhere, they take out that lymph node, which is sort of swelling underneath the skin, they look at it under a microscope and say that's a secondary, that's a spread of a skin cancer, because sometimes skin cancers can do what we call regress, which means that you can have, this is melanoma really I'm talking about, a melanoma skin cancer that then regresses uh, but has spread to your lymph nodes and you can't find the original, you can't find the primary. Now if 10 years ago or five years ago I've shaved a mole off your face and I've said it's probably fine but I haven't sent it a histology and then you come to me and say, look, I've now got melanoma, um, could that have been melanoma? I'd be like, probably not, but it just gives you the extra belt and braces. I've got to say that scenario is quite rare. It's quite rare to have a, a melanoma present as a secondary with an unknown primary, but it's a possibility and it's an argument to do histology for pigmented lesions for moles in general. But as I say, if it's clearly benign and it looks like an intradermal nevus and I've taken a photo of it, um, then I don't insist on it for ones which really look totally benign. But uh, it's a good question as to why, because the problem, problem with doing histology is it's expensive. In the NHS, I'd always send everything to histology um, because, uh, you know, it is good practice to send things for histology. Well, pigmented lesions, not everything, but pigmented lesions for histology, meaning brown moles. But in the private sector, when you have to pay for it, we have a discussion about it. And if it does look clearly benign, there is an argument saying don't send it to histology. If it doesn't look clearly benign, then I think it is a good thing to be absolutely sure to send it to histology. Hope that's covered that one off. Um, answer that question. no Pricey. Oh I got a thumbs up. Get in. Thank you for that. Buonacera. Sarah. Um, and a heart. Thumbs up and a heart. Away. No, no way. Thumbs up and a heart for that that histology question. Wow. I've got to do more histology questions. Definitely, obviously. Um well, the histology question every week now. Um, do I look like I haven't shaved because in my photo, I have shaved but evening, it? Anyway. Um, gyno prices What? right now because uh, I, I don't like it and I'm sure you don't like it when you get a quote and it says from price from because it always looks a bit dodgy that um, I'd rather say to you look this is the price like for instance like um, you know that that's it but there's often froms when we do prices. When we do breast augmentation, there's a from, and that's because if you have polyurethane implants, they're more expensive. And gyneco- uh, gyne- gynecomastia, we have a from price. And, and it's not it, – it, 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 basically, there's two prices for gynecomastia, and it depends on whether you need skin excision. Gynecomastia, there are three uh, aspects to treating gynecomastia. You've got fatty tissue, the breast tissue, and the skin. And men have got breasts just like women have got breasts. And that's what the breast tissue is made of. Fatty tissue, glandular tissue, which is breast, glandular tissue, and skin. When I say fatty tissue, that doesn't mean you're fat, because a lot of men are very slim and they haven't, haven't got a lot of fat, but they've got gynecomastia, and some of it might be made up of fatty tissue. And you address that by the fatty tissue. You, um, yeah, Merry Christmas. God, Christmas. I would have to say Merry. I have to say Merry Christmas at the end of this. Um, the fatty tissue you address with, um, with liposuction. liposuction, little stab incisions, liposuction. The, often when you do the liposuction, you still have a little bit of nubbins behind the nipple, which is the glandular tissue, the dense glandular tissue. That doesn't come out with um, liposuction. So often you have to make a little excision, a U-shaped excision at the bottom of the areola to take out that glandular tissue, uh, and that is the majority of liposuction, uh, gynecomastia cases, need liposuction and excision a combination of the two and that's the majority and that's the price that we quote for that surgery some patients have got an excess of skin as well as the uh, gynecomastia as well as the breast and the glandular tissue and if you've got a mild excess of skin i hope that that skin will recoil i don't do anything to remove that skin one because it's more expensive well that's not the reason i don't do it but, but, but it is more expensive when you remove skin because it's a bigger operation but secondly whenever you remove skin you're getting bigger um, scars more scarring and that is the um, that is the um, issue that uh, the scarring when you don't remove the skin and just make that little u shape is really hard to see that's why i've done my video gyno correction without scars go check it out on youtube uh and while you're there subscribe to my channel because um we're doing lots of new videos on youtube putting all these on youtube in fact all my facebook lives we're getting through them all so when i've got them all on then we'll, every week we'll be putting on youtube but also we're doing other videos on youtube all, all the time so there's a plug for youtube so um uh what's i talking about so yeah oh yeah my video gyno correction without scars it is not without scars it's just once it's healed it looks like there isn't any scar there um so uh If you can do it through that U-shaped incision with a liposuction with a combination of excision, the scarring is really, really good. Once you start cutting skin out, you get a more obvious scar, and there's two patterns of scarring. One is circumareola all the way around the areola, or one is a transverse skin incision, which is a scar across the chest, and both of those are more obvious than uh, when you don't make that scarring. They are good if you've got excess skin because it removes the excess skin, but it causes more scarring, so it's a balance of cosmetics. You know, are you going to... Uh, uh, have a better cosmetic result by removing that skin and accept the problem with the scarring but that is the price differential if you need a skin excision it's more expensive so that's why it says from Um, perhaps we should just say the price is this or that with skin excision but that's why there's a from there and that's why there's a range of prices for gynecomastia correction so that's the questions Um, it's Christmas time it's Christmas week and uh it's i hope everyone's getting all set for christmas and uh next week will be boxing day i believe for next tuesday so uh, i will not be doing this next tuesday no way and i hope you won't be anywhere near here next tuesday uh because you'll be watching telly the james bond or something um I do not put the bit of James Bond on, do not they? don't do that anymore. I do like the bit of James Bond. But anyway, um, so I hope you'll be having a great Christmas time this time next week. The week after, God knows. What's the week after? Is that New Year's? Well, I don't know. Is that going to be the 2nd of January? Who knows? Will I be there? Who knows if we'll have any questions? I guess we will over the Christmas period, will we? Uh, if we have, I might. Might not. Who knows? Might be here the 2nd of Jan. Definitely is it going to be nine? Set seventy-nine. Is it? Whenever, definitely. Once we're properly into the new year, definitely going to be right back at you. Check out the YouTube. Check out also the post, uh, the podcast, which is going get coming together at the moment. We're doing a podcast of these. So um, if you are in uh, liable, that's not the right word. If you are um, uh, the sort of person who likes podcasts, um, then. We have got a podcast, the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast. Hope you like the name. And uh, so that, then that's uh, something for you to look at for, out for in the new year. We actually have for it now. We haven't put all the podcasts on yet, but uh, that'll be updated every week. So that's me done. Hope that has answered those very, very nice, very good questions. I'm very grateful to everyone who has um, chipped in with some questions this week. Uh, have a fantastic, fantastic Christmas and New Year. And I will look forward to seeing you all in the new year for more Q&A questions uh, and answers uh, with me. And that is me checking myself out of here. Bye. Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at uk using the hashtag Ask JJ. We'd love to hear from you.